0: Good Combine Week morning, afternoon, evening, whatever the case may be. Whenever you get a chance to listen to this, it is DraftCraft, it is Dan, it is JP, and we are smack dab in the middle of our positional rankings because, dude, it it is, it's Combine Week, and this is where we get to see if everybody, everybody that we've been thinking about, whether or not we can justify where we put them, who's going to move up, who's going to move down, and who we're going to look silly talking about, who's going to run like a 5-2 when we thought they were going to run a 4-8. Whew.
1: You know, it's curious you say that because one of the players I'm talking <laughs> about today is allegedly going to be running slow, and when I watch the tape, I don't see it. So I, I can't wait to watch a few of these combines today. Speaking of hey, tape, man, game speed, dude did it, did you have trouble like with some of the players like actually finding some tape online? This is something with we're gonna the, have to have the, a the, chat. S-
0: we're gonna yeah. have to chat with some people in the powers that be and look. Hey, we we just want to be able to see some highlights. And again, hey, look the the obvious answer is. Make our own highlights. Cool, I get that. Sure, we don't have the time or the money. So somebody else, do a better
1: job. (laughs) I see what you did there.
0: All right, well, hey, today we're talking about some offense and some defense like we've been doing every time. We'll stick some beer in the middle. But to start off the offense, and dude, we've got three position groups to get through today, so let's rock and roll. We're starting with the running backs today. We want to make sure we got everything in before the, the combine. There's an off chance we might not get to the last ones until Friday, and so we wanted to make sure we had everybody in. Before they tested, so we didn't have like extra insider information and try to sound smart or or sound dumb coming back the other way. So start off number twelve for you with running backs. What do you got? Uh, it's a
1: guy you're going to be talking about. I got oh, okay. a, a pi- I got a pirate, if you will. A pirate. I actually, like him quite a bit. Yep, Keaton Mitchell, man. Get into it. Yeah, Keaton Mitchell is
0: somebody that uh, again, one of those players that if you didn't you know do a little bit of a deeper dive into football, you may not have paid as much of attention to. But my goodness, this dude is just electric. You put the ball in his hands and then you, you just watch things happen. He's not a big guy. And that's one of the things you're going to see is like a lot of the running backs that we're going to talk about today uh, aren't necessarily the the bell cow, Derrick Henry types. Not that there's anybody else like Derrick Henry but you the point. He's a 5'9", 984 pound uh, redshirt sophomore. So here's the thing, though. Last two seasons, 1,100 yards, 1,400 yards, nine touchdowns, 14 touchdowns. Plus, he's got 20, 30 passes each of the last two seasons as well. It's just flat-out production, but he's only got those two years, and in those two years, 175 carries, 200 carries, so he doesn't have as much wear and tear maybe as some running backs get, but this is a dude who's 12th in the country in rushing yards, and I mean, the only real knock on him, like he, if you want to try to say it, is he's in the sixth-best conference, so maybe he didn't have quite as heavy of a, of a competition slate to play against. But Keaton Mitchell is just flat out someone who makes things happen when he has the ball in his hands.
1: Yeah, he's a, he's a little fellow, and he's exciting to watch. I'll give you that. Uh, number 11 on my list, this is this is my guy I'm going to be talking about. It's a All Sooner, right. uh, Eric Gray. Um, okay. Man, Mr. Gray, he's a guy that – well, he's my favorite color. Um ah. He's a guy, he's a little bowling ball type guy. He's 5'9", 206. (laughs) So, you know me, I'm always a sucker for those type of running backs, maybe because I grew up a Barry Sanders Sanders fan. Mm -hmm. Now, this guy isn't Barry Sanders, but, I mean, you know, I was also a mojo guy, Maurice Jones Drew, Mm -hmm. Doug Martin, the muscle hamster. I just like those little (laughs) compact guys. They're hard to see, and they're shifty. But um, (laughs) he's a guy that I just, he doesn't have a whole lot of wear and tear either. I mean, you talked about Keaton Mitchell only having – You know, minimal carries. He had like 463 carries. Uh, Eric Gray had less than 100 more than that played over four seasons because he went from Tennessee to Oklahoma. But Mm -hmm. he had a really good 2022. He rushed for like 1,400 yards, double digit touchdowns, and caught 30 plus balls on only like 40 targets. So he's bringing a lot of those in. But uh, he's a guy that. You know, people like a lot, but he is ranked down here in the lower range. Like, he's going to be a day three running back that could be hyper sneaky. I mean, not a lot of wear and tear, and he can do everything for you. He's just really solid. He's just a really, really sneaky pick. I don't know. I'm a big fan.
0: Right, and that's the thing we're seeing now. Uh The last couple of seasons, there's been a guy that somehow made it into the fourth, fifth, sixth round that ends up being a starting running back. And, you know, that was uh, Pierce last year for Houston, and who knows who's going to grab – uh you grab uh, Gray this time around, and that's really where it gets interesting. Is who gets who picks these guys? Some teams pick a player, and you're like, "Why did you pick that guy? You've already got five of those." You know, and then there's other times where it's like that's that's the perfect fit. And I don't understand why some teams do what seems like a perfect fit. To the rest of us, and why others stockpile certain positions. It's just it it's a bit bonkers.
1: Who's next on your list? Uh, it's another guy that I'm going to be talking about this time. Oh, it's right. a green it's a green wave. Um, ah. And what's what's strange is I have a feeling, I really I am, truly have. Ha- <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling he's going to be a guy that I'm moving up, like mm-hmm. I had him much higher and then I felt like I was disrespecting a couple other players, maybe even based on size. So it was like, man, I feel like I'm just dinging these guys mm-hmm. cuz they're a little small. But I don't know, it's not like Tajay Spears is a huge guy. I mean, he's under 200 yep. pounds, too. He's like 5'10" 190, but I don't know. I th- I think he's gonna go up. Let's just say that. But Tajay Spears, I can't wait to watch his combine. I'm not even gonna get into his numbers yet. <laughs> he I, he could be a guy that's like when I watch his tape, like his change of direction and his ability, like like a three cone drill, right, dude. I, I he might be one of the best guys there. Like I don't. He's very yeah. good. Mm-hmm. He's very shifty. But <laughs> just get into his numbers. He ran for almost sixteen hundred yards. At like seven yards a, a pop, 19 touchdowns, got it done in the air with north of 20 receptions. hmm Just all around a really, really good player. Um, I, I don't know. He's just fun to watch. I wish he could put on a little bit more weight. His missed tackles are all right with like 63, but his yards after contact, even at 190, he's got over 1,000 yards after contact. Mm-hmm. Good that, player. He's he's, he's 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 <laughs> he's gonna move. Uh, I mean, just to I guess to put it in perspective, just from what we've talked about so far. I talked about how I liked Eric Gray, and he was a little bit bigger. His yards after contact mm-hmm. around seven hundred.
0: Right.
1: Um Yeah. And uh, Keaton Mitchell. What do you what do you think his yards after contact is? Let me look that up. I, th- I think I had billion. something up. Get out of there. <laughs> He, he he might be. I I don't have his right here handy, but. Right, sure. Uh, no, I got it right here. I had a note on it. He's about 700, too. So you're talking about Tyje Spears, like 300-plus yards more after contact. I'd be curious to see how that goes as we look through some of these running backs. But he's a really good player. Right. I probably have him low. He's going to end up moving up. I'll just call that out right now.
0: As he should. And uh, who's the next guy on your list? don't see who else I'm putting ahead of you.
1: The next three are all gonna be your guys, but this Uh-oh. is kind of where you get into those small shifty running backs that I felt like I was disrespecting. Despite being okay. small, this guy's name is Tank. He's a tiger. <laughs> tank the tiger. Tank tank, Bigsby. tank the Tiger.
0: Man, it's a shame he's not gonna be a tiger. Uh most likely. He might be, but he's probably not gonna be a tiger at be. the next level. I was saying it's like that's such a, a good little thing. We get him doing some uh some Frosted Flakes ads and stuff like that, man. He, right. he should have done that. The NIL stuff That was a missed opportunity for Tank Bigsby. Of course, Bigsby from Auburn, 900 yards last year, had almost 1,100 yards the year before. Of course, he had like, you know, 50 fewer carries this year. So he still averaged five and a half. 10 touchdowns each of the last two seasons, 21 catches, 30 catches. So, another one of those guys that is kind of in that same ballpark of solid production, not necessarily otherworldly but definitely shown three years in a row now that he can do at least 800 yards rushing six four and point nine five point four and again he's listed at six foot 213 so he's not he's not that small for a running back but uh, again we all we've seen guys get listed at six foot that are really five nine and a half or whatever you know so that's why combine week is important i mean and again, that's why I even t- talk like during Demore Smith and people's talking about getting rid of the combine is like, you still need to have proper evaluations, however you want to do it. We still need to be able to see like a guy stand on a scale. We need to see a guy have the measuring tape out. Look, I always think I'm taller than I am. Then I go to the doctor and it's like, oh, well, that's that's a sobering realization. Thanks for that. Appreciate it. Uh, but Tank Bigsby, here's the thing about him versus some of the other guys we talked about is he's been doing this at the SEC level. He was doing it for an Auburn team that was not great this past year. And so the fact that he was able to do that on a team that didn't really blow teams away, I mean that's pretty solid production for a guy that wasn't uh wasn't necessarily having the, the best offensive line in the world either.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there. these next two guys are the main two guys I was alluding to about being small, but let's start with an Aggie, Devin A chain, the little lightning bolt. He is small. <laughs> He's small but fast. <laughs> he's super fast. Is he going to run the fastest forty out all the running all running backs? There's a good Maybe.
0: chance. I mean, Mitchell's supposed to be posting right around a four three ish, something like that. And so when you look at how some of these guys have got their track background and stuff like that, I mean, he's the dude ran a a ten point one four. In uh, that was actually a legal 10.14, not was it wasn't a win dated one, Uh, in the hundred. So, if you're running a hundred and 10.1, there's a decent chance you're going to be blazing the 40 and you know, a four three definitely in that ballpark. And and again, he's another one of those guys that if you had something resembling height on this dude, it'd be a different story. Uh, He's still going to be somebody who I believe gets drafted. Uh, Again, I think I still have him a little higher than you do. Uh, we may have our running backs flip-flopped a little bit, but he's, uh, again, out there at uh, Texas A&M and another team that didn't have a great year. They were only 5-7, and seven, but boy, did this dude produce 1,100 yards on only 196 carries, which means five and a half a pop because he's able to to break them for 60 yards You know, the last couple seasons. But again, still not a ton of wear and tear, 196 carries, 130 year before. Uh, he averaged 70 yards last year. And he still caught 36 balls this year. So again, 11 total touchdowns, 10 touchdowns last year. So two really solid years of production. But he's listed at 5'9", 185. So he might be 5'9". He might be 185. But he is not a large individual. And that does give you a little bit of pause as in every down back at the NFL. He's definitely one of those guys that you're going to see used in the passing game, brought in here and there when he does different things. So it's just... It's it's a again, a scheme, a fit, a role that you need to find for somebody. But because of what he's shown from a speed standpoint, you can do things with him. You can throw him on a jet sweep. You can do different things to get the ball in his hands, and you need to put the ball in hands of guys like this that are that fast at the next level.
1: You know who's not five nine? Who's not you? Wild I am. I'm north of five nine. Right. But uh Wildcats, Deuce Vaughn. <laughs>
0: Deuce Vaughn. My number seven uh, If they listed him at 5'9", I would say that's just a pile of shenanigans, and uh, I've got Deuce Vaughn sitting at 7 as well, so at least we agree on one player, Uh, and again, here's the thing about Deuce Vaughn, super electric, like people were literally making the comp of him and Darren Sproles, you'd say it's a bit lazy because they're almost the same size, but it's also pretty accurate because of how they they both play the game. Vaughn had 1,500 yards, there's a reason why we have him a little bit ahead of uh, Achani because He's got more production. He also has more tread on the tires. Last two seasons, he had 235 carries, 293 carries, but he also had 18 touchdowns last year, nine touchdowns this year, 1,400 yards last year, 1,550 this year, and he also caught 49 and 42 passes. So you listen to all that, and you're like, why isn't this the top running back? He's five six, 176. He is he's a short individual. He's a stocky individual, but he is a short man. And that's going to give people pause because either they think he's not going to be able to catch a pass or he's going to get pushed around. I don't, I'm don't. i not as as concerned about the pushed around. I mean, obviously, anytime you're giving up, you know, 70 pounds to somebody, it's going to be a challenge. But the fun part for him is going to be this dude is going to just all of a sudden for defenses, he's just going to appear because he's so much smaller than his lineman. He's just going to sneak around some of these guys and just all of a sudden it's like, oh, he's got the ball and he's past me. That's going to happen this season. So Deuce Vaughn, uh very solid player. Size is the question, but still going to be somebody who probably gets drafted in the first, I would say, four rounds, most likely, just because he's that dynamic when you put the ball in his hands.
1: He is a lazy comp, man. He's Darren Sproles. I hate to say it, but it's just that's what he is. But it's also not uh, a bad comp to have. <laughs> nope. Number six, I got a Panther here, and this is one of my guys. I got Israel Abanaconda. I got it's a guy five, I talked nice. about throughout the year. You like mm-hmm. him more than me, huh? So here's the thing. You, you talked about the wear and tear. Well, let's, let's go back even further than that. You talked about uh, Devin A-Chain, right, being able to just break the runs open. Right. He, he had, what, like 18 yards of 15 more, on a, 18 runs of 15 more yards. Right. Banaconda has 19, so he's right there with him. There you You go. talked about the wear and tear uh, uh, Deuce Vaughn having like 650 carries in college. Israel Banaconda's only got 390. So all I'm there getting at know. is there's, a not, there's not a lot of wear and tear on a 5'11", 2'15", running back. Because, I mean, his freshman year he only had 28 carries. Sophomore year bumped mm-hmm. it up to 123. But then he's a true junior. In this past year he only had 239 carries, and he went for north of 1,400 yards, mm-hmm. 20 touchdowns, and still got involved yep. in the passing game with with 12 grabs. The previous year he had 24. But either way, we know we, he can catch the ball. But, mm-hmm. I mean, all I'm saying is uber productive, very solid size, not a lot of wear and tear, can break away those 15-plus yard runs. I like this guy a lot, and I think we both probably have him higher than mm-hmm. than, than most. I mean, geez, when you go, it's kind of interesting. I think I checked on PFF. Well, I think they gave him almost like a 90 grade, but they have him ranked as like the 164th player. I will take him there <laughs> all day. Right, and he he really
0: smacks of that kind of same thing that we saw last year with Damian Pierce of a guy who should be able to be a a starting running back that's going to get taken in the fifth round or later potentially. And again, this is all subject to change. We're going to talk about that ad nauseum throughout this whole process, and uh, we'll talk about it even more with some of our defensive positions. But uh, Ibenacana strikes me as a guy who's going to move up some people's boards because they just didn't watch enough Pitt Panther football this year because they didn't have Kenny Pickett and everybody else there. So. Yeah, I've been a get into a blazer. Both like.
1: I'm going to go blazing.
0: Is he, uh, go, is go he five blazing. for me?
1: He's five for me. Dwayne McBride, me. Alabama at Birmingham. Blazer. I'm waiting to see who the
0: guy is that you have that I don't up high. We'll see what happens. I already know who so it that is. That is Dwayne. Oh, okay. Well, good. I can't remember. You, must have, you looked at my list. You cheater. Dwayne McBride. No, I didn't. Okay. Dwayne I don't McBride. have access to your You just list. know everybody. You just know everybody in every position all at once. So any movie fans would get the reference there. But Blazers, UAB, really glad they have a football team again after that little weird time they had with that one for a little bit in the uh, the latter part of the last decade. Dwayne McBride is one of the reasons why people can be happy about where Blazer football is at. I also think it's awesome because they're like the only major college program that has a dragon for a mascot. What are people missing with fire-breathing mascots? It needs to happen. He's another guy that's about 5'11", 215, so almost the exact same size as the Banaconda. Uh, He does have a little bit more uh, tread, if you will, because he's gotten 450 carries over the last two seasons. But here's what it is. 1,300 yards on the ground, 1,700 yards on the ground. Second in the nation this year in rushing. 13 touchdowns, 19 touchdowns. Here's the big difference between him and Ibanaconda, though, is he's caught five passes. Five. Now, part of that might be because of usage. Part of it could just be how they wanted to do things down at UAB. But that is something that he's going to want to at least show at the combine, that he can catch a pass and not have it uh, bounce off his, his brick-like hands or something, right? But Dwayne McBride is just flat-out productive, 6.7, 7.4, and that's not on 90-yard runs. His as longest as was 67, 68, so he can break those longer runs, but he's also just really freaking good when he gets the ball and has a little bit of space to work with.
1: All right, Dan, I think you're about ready to find out who I have that you don't have. no. Oh. He's a horn frog. It's Kendra Miller, man. Texas mm-hmm. Christian. Mm-hmm. Number four. So think about everything we just recently talked about, except for like the Dwayne McBride stuff. You know, all the right. numbers we're talking about with a- with Devin A. Chain and Deuce Vaughn, and you mm-hmm. get it, Israel Banaconda. So Kendra Miller has less usage than all of those guys. He's only got 361 carries. He's a true junior as well. Mm-hmm. Very, very this limited. This is really his as- one big year. Yep. And here's the thing too. His one big year, I'll say this, when he went down in in the Michigan game, I, I thought we we had a chance. Cause mm-hmm. I as much as I, I like Quentin Johnson and whatnot, I still think that he was the, the primary guy on that team. But yeah, man, if, if he didn't go down, like their season could have been a little different. They might have had a chance at the end there. Um right. probably not, but it would have at <laughs> it least would have been a fail. It would have been more of a game, yeah. Yeah, it just would have felt like it. But Mm -hmm. he's crazy good, man. Like, he's got very good size, six foot 206. He's got less wear and tear than those guys we're talking about. Went for Mm -hmm. 1,400 yards, 17 touchdowns, got, you know, respectable. He shows he can catch the ball. But the main thing here I want to talk about with him is just that we talked about the break. Like, A Chain might be the fastest guy in the running back, and he had 18 runs. You know, we talked about how much we both liked at Banaconda. He had 19 runs of 15-plus yards. Kendra Miller, after missing, you know, some time there, still had 21 for north of 15 mm-hmm. a carry, and we hadn't talked about it much, but some of these guys, like the best guys we've talked about so far, might have been maybe around 60 on missed tackles, forced. Dude, he's got 70 of them and missed some time, but I – He just he gets it done absolutely everywhere. Yards after Mm -hmm. contact, it wasn't the thousand. I forget who had a thousand. He's got eight hundred and sixteen. He's just a really good, really, really good player. And I think he's the first guy so far at the running back position where when I watched him, I mean, some of these other guys were very close. Banaconda, McBride, Mm -hmm. good players. Tajay Spears, maybe, but Kendra Miller's the first one that at this point I'll hang my hat on and just say he looks (laughs) different. He's got the eye test that the others I wouldn't say that yet still gotta watch more but and he
0: will definitely definitely move up mine once we get a chance to see whether or not the knee thing that kept him out of the title game is a thing and I don't think it is the way they talked about it they didn't they didn't allude to it being a major injury but that's that's the big question mark that I've got uh with him there
1: who's next on your list bud number three it's your guy it's a Bruin oh zach he's charbonnet he's an ex bruin. wolverine he's yeah. a wolverine slash bruin which is Hail a good to combination to have
0: right i mean hey look i get it i get it zach you wanted to get out of the michigan winter totally understandable but yeah he also wanted to get out from behind the stacked running room that they had uh, in michigan at that point in time because he had 700 yards his freshman year and then really wasn't used much at all in his sophomore year uh, even though it was uh, the 2020 season still only had you know, 19 carries. And so he bolted for the sunny skies of UCLA there in Los Angeles. And over the last two seasons, 1,100 yards, 1,300 yards, 5.7 and 7.0, 13 touchdowns, 14 touchdowns. I mean, this is a guy who just flat out produced and he produced at a high level on a, a, team that needed him out there in in UCLA. He had 23 catches last season, 37 catches uh in 2022. And so again, definitely somebody who's showing the uh the ability to produce. He did not have uh you know, quite as much of a crazy, you know, breakaway stuff. He had 14 or 24 runs over 15 yards. So again, solid. Yeah, there. but
1: that's more than almost anybody we talked about so far. Right. So, he does have some of that
0: ability to escape. Uh, I don't know how much of that was because of, uh, you know, what he did versus what was opened for him. But again, this is a guy who had an 89 and a 91 his last two seasons on Pro Football Focus, and he's been – he was the fourth running back on that list, and we've talked about uh, one of the other ones, another one's coming back to Michigan, and then the other guy we are probably both have at the top of our list. So this is – putting him at third on my list, I feel fine with that. And and the team is going to take him second, third round. They're going to be able to plug him in on day one and say, go, do your thing, you're going to be fine.
1: Yeah, I agree. Also, he's
0: not a small man. I forgot to no. mention that, too. I mean, he's he's a 6'1", 220 kind of boy who's in that
1: mold of big enough to hammer you, but small enough to still run around. Yeah, he's he's the biggest guy. And he's got a chance of maybe moving up, too. Him and Kendry Miller both have a chance of moving up a bit, because yeah. my second guy, here's the one that I have kind of arbitrarily here at two. <laughs> I think he's deserving of it. The rest mm-hmm. of the world slam dunks him here. But I, I, don't, I don't know just yet. He looks sure. very good, but let will just get into it. He, it's Jameer Gibbs. Everybody yeah, should know that. He's a Georgia Tech transfer to Alabama, 5'11", 200. Um, not a lot of wear and tear. Not He never even got over 1,000 yards, but when he was involved in the run game, very effective. Heavily involved in the pass game of 44 receptions this past year at Alabama. His mm-hmm. only year at Alabama. Right. We had 36. But, and not a lot of touchdowns. 36
0: at Georgia Tech yeah. last year. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he he can he can get involved in every level of the game, and he's even allegedly going to run in the four threes. Um, so you, everything I'm saying sounds really good, but you know when I look at it and compare some of these other things, I don't think he would have had anywhere near like the running grade that some of the a couple of the guys we've already talked about would have. I mean, missed tackles. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know I talked about Kendry Miller having like seventy of them, right? Jameer right. Gibbs has got thirty eight. Not granted, the SEC versus a Big Twelve. The the carries of fifteen plus yards, he's only got fifteen yards after contact. Five hundred. I get it. He didn't touch the ball as much, so he didn't have as many opportunities. So I'm kind of thinking, trying to keep my mindset <laughs> there. But right. I guess all I'm saying is there there's an opportunity for Miller and Charbonnet both to move above this guy. We'll see what happens and how they look and at the combine, maybe even at pro days. Mm-hmm. I got to go watch more tape. They're all very, all four of these guys we're talking about at the top are all very good running backs. One sure. significantly more than the others, but you get it. But now let's right. just get into it. Let's I mean, just talk about this,
0: Actually, I just wanted yeah. to add to it. When we talk about like where guys rank in their rushing grades, uh, offensive grades, whatever, pro football focus, uh, looking at those numbers, again, just to give us something to quantify, Charbonnet had a 91. He was sixth in the country uh, for all running backs, not just uh, guys who are going to be draftable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dwayne McBride had a 94. He was third. Jameer Gibbs had an 82, and he was 60th. See, and that backs up kind of what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> On the rare occasion that you and ProFootball did, I agree up, with PFF there. You did, but at the same time, an 82 isn't oh, bad. No. It's just not. It's just no. Not it's not. You know who had number oh, one? I, the number one grade in the country, though, right? The guy that I'm getting ready to talk about. No, he was number two. Blake Corum's still number one.
1: Ah, hell to the. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> number one running back here, uh, Bijan Robinson. Bishan, what he probably had high, mid 97, somewhere in there. He was ninety five, yeah. Okay, and I know we so, wanted
0: to throughout the year. We wanted to like knock him down a bit, just because it felt like everybody had him tops. And we're trying to find holes in the game, but dude, go for it.
1: So, yeah, I mean, I I covered Texas and I said like, hey, I'm expecting more. I'm expecting more. Like, I mean, I know there are a couple games in there. But I guess I never really got the vibe that he just truly like took a game over per se. But mm-hmm. man, you watch you just watch the tape on him. Like when you're talking about eye test, this how low he can get to the ground and his cuts mm-hmm. and how quick and shifty he is. He's just a hundred percent different than everybody else in here. The notes that I have here outside of his stats, which I will touch on. But we were talking about yards after contact. He, he's he's almost at eleven hundred yards after contact. We were go. talking about carries of 15-plus yards. He's north of 20 carries over 15-plus yards, but here's the crazy mm-hmm. one. I don't know all the numbers that we rattled off for missed tackles mm-hmm. forced, but I think the most we talked about was, I think, Kendra Miller at like 70, right? Right. But John Robinson's got over 100, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, when you think about the it's fact just, that he's, he's, he's forced over 100 missed tackles on 250 carries, that's a good ratio.
1: Yeah, and he went for almost 1,600 yards rushing, 18 touchdowns, 19 receptions. I mean, he can do everything, and I guess mm-hmm. what I'm getting at is he's just like, I, I guess I, what I'm leaning towards is maybe he's just like extremely consistent. Sure. <laughs> but I, I don't know if I – I think it was just because there's so much hype on him mm-hmm. like going into the year that I I think I was just trying to critique him a little harder along the way, but I mean mm-hmm. – if you look at it, I mean, he really only had like three games where he just was just like, boom, took it over, maybe four. But one of them was against Texas-San Antonio, okay, mm-hmm. expected. One, Kansas State, okay, I'm listening. The other one, Kansas, kind of, sort of, expected. And Baylor, <laughs> he had a solid game. Sure. But it was it's just uber consistency, you know what I mean? And I felt like the teams that they were supposed to beat up on, they did. Right. Right. Well, and one
0: of the things, one of the reasons why you see that is like you look at the highlight tapes, everyone has these crazy long runs. He only had two runs of more than 40 yards, which isn't a big deal, but it's just it's noting that he was he was consistent. He ripped off some 20 yarders here and there, but he didn't necessarily rip off the 75 yard touchdown you know, house calls or whatever. And that's not a bad thing because I would take a 20 yard run out of a running back. You know, it's like he's mm-hmm. he's again, he's sneakily consistent. I still don't know that he's going to be a first round draft pick. He probably will be because some team will take. Oh, he's a chance, going to just, be. He's, he's going to go in the, the top year.
1: half of the first round, I think. Oh, okay. Top half is bold. All right. Let's Where's Philly at? Where's Philly at? Because if they don't <laughs> re sign yeah, Sanders, they would take him. He could be a top sure. 10 pick. And I'll end on this. I want to, for some weird reason, I want to end on a negative note just because okay. I just said something about a running back going the first round and I'm against it. Ah. I don't think a running back or a tight end should ever go in the first round. Right. But, you know, I talked about the teams that he beat up on your Texas San Antonio's and Kansas and like whatnot, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Let's look at the the best teams they played Alabama. He only had 50, 57 yards on 21 carries. Mm-hmm. Uh, TCU, 29 yards on 12 carries. I mean, right. the, these are the t- the two best defenses. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right, and so that obviously gives you a but lot of But still, pause.
1: he's he's the best running back in this draft. Right.
0: And, and I think uh, it's easy to agree with that. Uh, I've got two quick honorable mention names that we had talked about, talking about, and then didn't talk about. Uh, but one is from Georgia, and that's Kenny McIntosh, and that's a guy that uh, showed out of the Senior Bowl. He's definitely a, a player that has an opportunity to make some noise when you get to the combine and see kind of what he can do because he's a 6'1", 2'10", kind of guy. And then the other one is a player from Northwestern, and there's basically been two bright spots in Northwestern this year. We're going to talk about Peter Skaronski later, but Evan Hull, and the reason why is you know he only had a thousand yards last year, 900 yards this year, not only, but the dude caught 33 passes last year and 55 this year, and so at five eleven two ten, you can do a whole lot worse uh, at the little scat back types than Evan Hull. Anybody else you want to get on much- the running
1: backs? You are much higher on Hall than me. No, the last thing I'll say is because when we started running State. backs, I, I said there was a guy that I wanted. I was couldn't wait to watch the 40 on, and that's Bijan. I'm can't. i not okay. buying that he's running in the 4.7, 4.8 range. I'm just not buying it.
0: Fair. Yeah, that's going to be a All right, let's get see. into beer talk. Is he going to run a
1: 5-2? I think
0: he's probably going to run a 4-5. A oh, you went the other way with it. Okay, gotcha. I'm kidding. We know he's not going to be that slow, but yeah. <laughs> And and if he runs a four or five, that locks him in to first round, no problem. If he doesn't, uh yeah, sir, some people are gonna have some questions. But and that's the thing too. Guys always have their combine, and then they've got their other run that they do at their pro day. So if he doesn't do great at the combine, he'll still probably have one more crack at something to show people that that was a bit of an anomaly. But yeah, he definitely, if he runs in the four or five, he's good to go. So the beer topic for today, well it's the same beer topic we've been having for all of this because you got on uh, I don't know if you were using some uh, supplementation yourself when you came up with this idea, but it's like let's compare beers to players and player styles and player types. So you've got, you know, the uh, the defense and between mm-hmm. D-line and linebackers, you got some archetypes and some beers to
1: talk about. All right, we'll start with me here, I guess. Let's let's go. I'm going to do a D-lineman first. I'm going to talk about my guy, Kalijah Kansi. Aha. Uh-huh. So, Kalijah Kansi, man, everybody gets on him for his size. You know, he's, he's like maybe 6 foot and maybe 285. I don't know. We'll see. That's why I can't wait for the starring combine to get here. Right. So, all I'm alluding to is he's not the biggest D-lineman. But here's the thing, man. He plays like a mammoth. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about a beer from the state of Pennsylvania that's called Mammoth because that's how he plays. So this is a, an Imperial IPA, mm-hmm. and I have not had it. i just love to try it because here's the thing, Dan, you know, like one of my like two favorite fruits of all time it's oranges, and I'm starting right. to really, really like, like these hazy, citrusy IPAs. As but it's should. just a double IPA that's made, like it says, with intense mandarin orange and then also hints of pineapple <laughs> and mango. Okay. I'm all in on that. Yeah. That sounds brilliant.
0: So and again, on my side of things, talking about the running backs, you've got, and, and I'm gonna give you three archetypes right away, but the, you've got the the guy who's just like the the sledgehammer, right? You got the the Derrick Henry types that are just gonna hammer away at you. have got the the little you know Deuce Vaughns that are these scatbacky types that are gonna bounce all over the place. And then there's there's sort of the the guy like Christian McCaffrey. Is he a running back or is he a wide receiver? Or is he whatever? And uh I mean that's Evan Hull, but not at the same level as a uh, as Christian McCaffrey certainly but the first beer that I want to talk about kind of goes in that sledgehammer category because you're not necessarily going to notice until it happens and this is a beer that I'm going to freely admit you're not going to find anywhere but Michigan and parts of Michigan namely northern Michigan namely at Beards Brewing and Beards is somebody that I've shouted out on multiple occasions And so Beards has got what they call tree blood. The reason why I want to talk about this as that sledgehammer is because this is a beer that's uh, always over like 11%, but it doesn't taste like it because it's a porter, not a stout, but they brew it. And what's fun about that, and apparently your pup agrees with me, uh, but what's fun about that, (laughs) she always does is they use, it's called tree blood because they use the tree sap, and, and sap itself is relatively thin. It's only when you you know boil it down into syrup that you, people get the, the idea of thinking that oh, it's really thick like maple syrup, but they use sap instead of water to make this beer, and it just tastes amazing. And so if you get the chance, and it's a summer beer too, so it's a summer porter that you need to get, if you get a chance to get up to brewed, uh, beers brewing up
1: in Petoskey, make it happen. I've had this one. It's very enjoyable. You were a little higher it on it than you. me, but it was enjoyable. wow. Well, uh, I got yeah, the funny well. thing was is you you brought it, and then we found a whole like display <laughs> of it at a local <laughs> farmers it. market, which was funny. Yep. All right, so for for my next one, I'm gonna take it from D line to linebackers. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing: when you think about like American like coffee stouts, right? They're mm-hmm. always like packing a punch, and you get them in your your little goblets or snifter glasses. You always get the little small pours of them, right? Right. So. I found an Onyx coffee stout that's only 5.3% alcohol, so it's going to pack that heavy coffee stout punch. But you can get mm-hmm. this in a tall glass. Oh, there you there's go. not many coffee stouts that you can get in a tall glass. So when I'm mm-hmm. thinking tall, I'm thinking Drew Sanders here, man. Right? Yeah. Because dude's like six five, and he packs a punch too. Look at all those sacks <laughs> he got. So I'm talking about the Onyx coffee stout from Arkansas here. And I, I don't know else to say other than that. I mean, it's just, your, it's just your dark, fresh-brewed coffee stout. You know, it's got all those heavy stout flavors that you want to try, but you can get it in a larger glass and not have to worry about it rather than just the little tiny baby pores and feel weird with that odd-shaped glass in your hand that always makes me feel uncomfortable. you you don't like this give me a real glass the tulips i feel like i'm gonna drop it yeah i feel like i'm gonna drop it they always feel super thin feel like i'm gonna break it in my hand like golly give me a beer pint or something like just (laughs) and have it half full get it out of this cup for me will you well i'm gonna
0: go with one uh that kind of fits the the sort of you know i don't want to say bouncy type but like the kind of beer that's gonna you know, sort of sneak up on you and and have a good time with you and, and just be able to, to bounce from one to the other to the other, because that's really uh, what the calling card is of some of these more scat back types that are just going to bounce around and create chaos. And something like that, uh, that they don't always get as much love in the ratings because you know, is it a session? Is it whatever? Uh, but there's there's one that I found interesting from a a level of price and, uh, and just style, and a brewery that you have talked about ad nauseum uh, here and there when we talk about Texas breweries, and that's Jester King uh-huh. Brewery, and they have a, uh, a atrial rubicite which is a fruit-forward beer, but it's you know, the wild ale area, and so it's, they use a souring bacteria, these raspberries, and it's one that I haven't tried yet, but I really want to, uh, and it's only like a bomber bottle. And so that right there makes it fun too, which is is ironic because it's a huge beer bottle for a tiny football player. But it's only a 5.8, so you can drink it and keep drinking it and enjoy it and keep enjoying it, and it doesn't feel like because again, Founders makes a rubaeus and the Rubeus for me, I can only have like one; it's too much. But this one, because of the sour piece to it, I feel like it definitely has something that I can keep
1: coming back to. All right, Dan, my last my last guy here. I'm gonna go back to linebacker again. All right. Well, of course you would. All right. Well, of course, you knew I was going to do two linebackers if it came down to it. Right, so that's like my position that I, I like. So I'm going to talk. I'm going to give the guys name first. Owen Papo, right? Mm-hmm. Former five star recruit, like the number one player coming out of his state. Right, mm-hmm. six one, probably two twenty five. But here's the thing: you remember when everybody was talking about Devin White and Devin Bush, the Devins running in like the four four range in the in the, in the combine. Mm-hmm. Would you call me crazy if I said, despite you know borderline recovering from an injury, it wasn't so long ago, but Owen Papo is going to run in the four three range? Okay, that's not
0: crazy, but it's also not typical.
1: Either way, even if he doesn't, I bet he's going to run faster than the Bush brothers, and he will be the fastest linebacker in this. So when I think fast. This is a bit of a, a stretch, if you will, but I was thinking like light speed, this or that. But there's nah. a whole series in the state of Alabama. They've got like Light Visions, the original. They got uh, Light Visions, uh, uh, the theory of abundance or whatever. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But all I'm getting at, instead of getting into any types of these beers, it's a whole line of different types of New England style IPAs, hazy IPAs, if you will, just different Mm -hmm. variations of IPAs. And very highly rated. Unfortunately, I've never had them. I wish I did when I was down in Alabama. But I would like to try that entire line. It kind of reminds me of like the Alabama version of California with the whole Pliny things or whatever. Okay, true. going to can be find very anywhere. popular. So, <laughs> yep. sure. All
0: right. Well, with that said, I got one more beer to run through real quick. And this is more of my Christian McCaffrey styled uh, Evan Hull, whatever. The guy who's going to do a bunch of different things and you're not going to mind no matter what. Uh, and that's a beer that uh, we can get right down south of us, and that's from Three Floyds, and it's the Zombie Dust. And it's a beer that it's not necessarily transcendently amazing, I'm going to be honest with you, partially because, I mean, I think I've got a little bit of a bias, because anything you, you feel like you can find anywhere kind of loses a little bit of its luster. But this is a a beer that's like, it's gotten 100 grade on Beer Advocate, and so a lot of people love it. And it's an IPA, it's a 6.5, so it's very much your straight up IPA that's going to get the job done, and it's getting to be more and more widely distributed. It's not just a Indiana beer. Three Floyds has really done a lot over the course of the last couple of years to, to boost their uh, distribution. So That's one to try if you get a chance and uh, find that, that player that ends up doing a little bit of everything for you. we got defense to talk about, and we've got probably two of the more challenging positions I think that we've looked at so far when it comes to trying to rate guys, dude.
1: Wow. Primarily the D lineman here because some of these guys, a couple of these guys I want to talk about today, they're rather tough to find like really good tape on. But mm-hmm. let's start at 12 here. I think you're going to be talking about the first guy. It's a little local hail to the victors guy, little guy who got himself in a little trouble guy. Oh, yeah. I well, said yep.
0: uh-huh. so there were a couple yeah. of Michigan guys we're going to talk about today because uh, even though Michigan had Aiden Hutchinson last year, you know what? They just kind of reloaded. And here's the thing. I'm going to talk about the good before we get to the rest of it. The good is he's 6'3", 337, but he doesn't move like a guy who's almost 340 pounds. He's a, a very quick first step from Mozzie Smith. And one of the things that I noticed about him, and again, we talked about how you see the edge rushers that are just trying to bum rush people, bull rush people. Well, bull rush from an inside isn't so bad, but even Smith does a great job of those quick hand movements, like those little swim moves, those little, you know, whatever to try to get alignment's hands off of him. And even though he didn't necessarily have a, a ton of production, as you don't necessarily expect from a guy who's 337 pounds, he still had 38 tackles, he still had 25 pressures. He, yeah, he grabbed one sack in there, but he had a 79 overall grade. And this is just a guy who is athletic for his position. They, they were showing uh, one of the drills that they do where they jump up steps and he was doing it at like almost the same speed as some of the, the running backs and stuff. It was insane, his athleticism. So a lot of great... Choices for him were made in college, and then one really bad one was made towards the end. And uh, mosey Smith was uh, found with a gun that was not uh, was not his, I believe, and was not something he had a permit for. And that's not a good choice because you're one you know mistake away as Alabama's finding out with the craziness they have done there in their basketball program. You're one mistake away from that just being you know, something that'll crush your career. And so hopefully Mozzie's going to make better choices going forward. He claims it's because he was starting to be recognized and noticed. And that's the thing that comes with fame. You start getting people who are paying attention to you and you might start getting a little nervous about things, but you still have to make better choices than that. So Mozzie Smith is another player who is going to have an opportunity at the combine to be able to talk to teams and say, Hey, this is, this is the situation. No, I'm not going to do it again. And if he seems like he's, you know, not just saying something to get somewhere uh, that might move him back up some people's draft boards.
1: Dan, you're up again. Texas Longhorns, number eleven Oof. on my list. We got Moro Ajomo. Uh, Moro
0: Ajomo. Now, this is a guy that I did not really pay much attention to uh, up until we started talking about these rankings because Ajomo is on your one of your teams, right? He's, he's not uh, Texas. It's not a team that I paid as much attention to this year. And let's be honest, you don't necessarily always pay as much attention to the D line. But here's what I can pay attention to: the dude had a ninety this year. From Pro Football Focus, and so that that's one of the ways that you can you can judge. This is where the analytics comes in; it helps because if you look at raw numbers for interior D linemen, they don't always stand out. But this is a guy still had five sacks, uh, and he still had uh, twenty-six total hurries. He had nineteen tackles, and he's he's a different type of player. He's 6'3", 281 is what they have him listed at. He might come in a little heavier than that, uh, but that's where it gets interesting: is is he that size and? the mobility that he has to be able to cause him disruption in the backfield is something that you and I both really like. Uh, and he's been more or less a four year starter at, at Texas uh, for the last since 2019, he's been having uh, over 350 snaps. And so this is a guy who's, who's been consistently productive for years and is like sneaky good. Cause he's gotten better every season this season by far his best a lot of that's because his run defense picked up a lot and his pass rushing picked up. And so this is a player who can give you a little bit of push from the inside. And that's something both of us are looking forward to.
1: All right. I finally get to go here because number 10 on my list is a guy who took a little bit of the dip for me because when did, we did our little mm-hmm. preseason all JP and Dan team thing. <laughs> he was a guy that I drafted as one of my D linemen, but and Roy from from LSU. Mm-hmm. Um so, he's dipped a little further for me. Go ahead. He's 6'4". He's 297. He's got really, really good size. Um, but my favorite thing about Jaqueline Roy, you know, granted, th- this past year wasn't as good as the 2021 tape. I mm-hmm. mean, hence the reason I, I drafted right. him. But you look at the past three years. Just, look, I mean, at the end of the day, you want to de to it. He doesn't necessarily need to close the deal with the sacks and the QB hits and whatnot. But get, get in the backfield, cause some disruption, cause some hurries, this and that. He's fairly consistent, man. 2020, he had 19 hurries. Mm-hmm. 2021, he had 32 hurries. And then this past year, he still had 27 hurries. For a three-year span, like he, he's pretty darn consistent compared to some of the guys that we're going to be talking about today. Mm-hmm. But I will say that 2022 was a dip from 2021. Still a solid season, but um, I think he's a really good player. Um, definitely look forward to seeing him at the combine and see what he can do. Yeah, my big um, question
0: watching his tape was just: Is this guy? It, it didn't seem it took. It seemed like he took plays off, and that always kind of bugs me.
1: Yeah, and I think that's the reason that he dipped a little bit on my list because, like I said, mm-hmm. I mean, I was drafting him up there as one of my top guys before the the season began. But um, right. uh, number nine on my list was a guy who kind of surprised me. He was not on my radar. So be honest, I don't know if he was on mm-hmm. your radar prior to the season, but he was not on mine at all. Mm-hmm. And that's Kobe Turner. From Wake Forest, the Demon Deacons, kind of glad I got to cover that team because I don't know that I would have known exactly sure. who he was had, had I not done that. But, I mean, all I know is he, we're talking about hurries. Guy had 34 <laughs> hurries and four mm-hmm. batted passes. Okay, so that that's incredible mm-hmm. for getting in the backfield. So I didn't know who he was per se before this year. Then I started to dig into him a little bit, watch some tape, he looks good. And then I was like, hey, I wonder, maybe what does PFF even agree with me on this? <laughs> you want to talk about three years of consistent grades. 2020, mm-hmm. he graded out with a 91. 2021, he graded out with a 88. This past year, he graded out with a 92. Right Find ad lineman D-line that's got three years of grades like that.
0: Yeah, and the big thing too is he did two of those. I mean, he did those uh, seasons before this one at Richmond, which is you know an FCS school. But then he came up to Wake Forest and
1: didn't miss a beat. And did even better. He right. did even better. Right. Because like, he only had the one year at, at Wake Forest. Right. Now, and so we're going to see I, more, and and more Maybe that. that's the – and that kind of explains why he wasn't on my radar. I didn't right. watch a lot of Richmond Spider football, did you? <laughs> no, I did
0: not. They're a little more known for their basketball there. But we're going to see more and more of that with the transfer portal, the way it's setting up. you are going to see guys who played at a lower level that are going to jump up for one big year at a big school and then be able to help the draft stock. So totally understand that. We're going to see – that happening uh quite a bit
1: as we go forward who's next on the list the the next one was an another big shocker there nothing above this really shocks me maybe one <laughs> but um number eight jonah tavai i'm going to talk mm-hmm. about him. san diego state aztec here i another mean great score six, six foot 295 little short got the weight still but my goodness, if you want to talk about – he's a four-year guy there at San Diego State. You want to talk about some production for a six-foot, 295-pound guy. I mean, wow. Let me just – look, Dan, I can't even say this stuff out loud. <laughs> and I'm looking at it. So we've been – seem to be on the trend of talking about the hurries, right? Right. Uh, consistent ratings across the board, too, I think he had from PFF, but – When I'm looking at hurries here, if you add them up, total hurries, because in 2021, he had 10 sacks and 11 hits. So there's the 21, plus he had the 40 hurries. That's 61, Mm -hmm. if all that adds up that way. Then you go to 2022, this past year, he had 12 sacks with 11 hits. That's 23, plus he had 46 hurries. That's 69. (laughs) I think that's That's going to be higher than anybody we're talking about today for D-Lineman. Yeah, it's a good chance. that it, I mean, he had a 92 grade from PFF too, I believe. I wrote mm-hmm. that down. But I, but here's the thing. You watch his tape and it's just truly amazing. Like not amazing in a way. He doesn't have a whole lot of moves. He does do mm-hmm. some bull rush. I mean, he's got a little bit of everything, but it's just impressive. He just finds a way to do it. Right. And I still and can't figure it out. So <laughs> what I'm saying with him, I'll just end on this. You can chime in here at the end. But I got him at eight. I have no idea if he's going to move up or down my board. Like sure. I just don't know. Well, all I know thing. is that when you look at, like, you watch the game, and you're like, yeah, he definitely made an impact. Mm-hmm. But then you look at what he did and the analytics of it, and you go, holy cow, he did all that? <laughs> okay. Well, and, and the thing he did this year,
0: too, is, like, he didn't have more. He had 700 snaps. None of He didn't even have 200 at any of the the, the alignments. So he was all over the line this year. And so a That's, player that that's can what balance I'm saying. Him,
1: he does a little bit of everything. Big. Very big. Who's next? Uh, the next, You're about to go on a, a three-player run of your own all here. Right. I Number 7 we got we, we got a bear we got the Ika bear get him the Ica, you got him in 7 come on now he's number 5 you he's probably going to move up to 6 but he ain't in my, he's not my oh, top right, 5 he's probably right. going to move to 6 don't tell him that he'll sit on you siaki Ika, a large. Be faster well, yeah
0: well, you better be faster cuz otherwise you are going to be in trouble cuz this is one of the largest men in the draft this year uh, and he is uh, just, just, again, he, he, he was at the right school. He's a bear. He's a literal bear. Yep. And uh, Ika, again, he's not somebody who's necessarily going to be giving you a ton of those those penetrating points that you get from some of the smaller linemen necessarily, but you want to talk about someone who's going to command double teams and just be an absolute force on your defensive line and still be able to get you a little bit. He's not just going to stand there, right? Uh, but Siaki Ika at... Uh, at all of six, four, 358 pounds. I mean, that's an offensive tackle that's had a couple too many cheeseburgers. So again, when you look at his numbers over the course of of the seasons, he's got you know he had four sacks last year, which is one of the reasons why people were pretty uh, were pretty big hyping him. He didn't have any sacks this year, but again, he's in, he's a three hundred fifty eight pound interior lineman. I'm not necessarily as concerned about a guy that size getting sacks. He he did have a little bit of a dip in production uh, overall, but I don't necessarily Count that against him in this case, unlike other positions, because he's meant to be taking up space. He's meant to be causing disruption and havoc in the middle, but he's not someone that I need to see the same counting stats from because teams are double teaming him all the time. And he's going to command double teams consistently at the next level. And when you can suck up a couple of linemen into your orbit, and I say orbit because the man could don't darn near have his own gravitational pull, he's that big. You're, you're in good shape. And, again, he's he's only 22, so he's a player that can continue to play well and develop, and he had two great years in a row at Baylor. So no complaints about Ika. You can put him wherever you want. He's top five.
1: All right, number six for me, uh, and this is going to start a trend of three players we're talking about today. where They are often listed as edge rushers, and you and I just uh-huh. are on the fence of whether or not that's a possibility, but there's three guys that fit this category. This is the first one. Mike Morris, go blue. Yeah, a little more
0: go blue love. And that's the thing, though, too, because we we talked about who's going to step up for Aiden Hutchinson, and it was Mike Morris. Now, Massey Smith certainly did a a lot from the inside, but Mike Morris was uh, positioned all over the line, more on the outside than on the D-line. But the reason why, uh, when we were discussing where these guys should be positioned, and a lot of Smith was outside, he's 6'6", 292. So he is someone who's going to play all over the defensive line because you're not always going to have – a guy who's pushing three bills, you know, as you're outside rusher the entire time. But one of the reasons why, you know, you, you like how he did things was 37 different uh, pressures, which again is still half of what we saw from your boy racking up his 68, but nine sacks in there and just 69. 69, sorry. He had 69. Uh, sorry about that. Didn't mean to discount him his one. Uh, But that's the thing. The the thing with with Morris is he only played 360 snaps each of the last two seasons. So in those snaps, he he put up a ton of production. And this was his big year, partially because he didn't have to have a big year last year. But uh, he had uh, an 83 overall score. He did miss a couple of games here and there. Um, But again, still solid production when he was out there. His pass rush grade was great. He was even all right when they had him drop back into coverage when they needed to, which obviously wasn't often, but still. Uh, Mike Morris is a very solid player that you can shift
1: all over the line and be happy with. All right, here comes the here comes the the one that makes everybody's eyes just navigate to him and be like, "What?" Because I'm <laughs> lower on him than almost everybody. All right, you like him though, Brian Breezy. Get him number five. Yeah, and again, he is uh, somebody that is not number
0: five. Uh, he's number five for you, but it's his production versus his potential production versus all of the stuff that's happened to this guy. And it's been a well-documented story uh, of all of the crazy twists and turns this man's life has taken since he's uh, been at, uh, at Clemson. And it really comes down to, do you believe the problems are a uh, symptomatic of just him as a person? Cause there are some star crossed players that just don't pan out for whatever reason, or do you believe that the potential that he has is what's actually what's out there? And so Really what it comes down to is take your pick. Which one of those do you want to believe? Because he doesn't have a ton of production at college. He's he had 15 tackles this year had 13 tackles last year. He had a uh, sack and a half last year in a pick. He had three and a half sacks uh, this year. And he had four back in his freshman year, which everyone I think is still extrapolating his freshman year and saying, this is who this guy is going to be. Uh, and that's where it gets interesting. Here's why though. He's six, five, he's 300. He still is only 21 years old. And has a ton of potential to grow into. So he is the high ceiling guy of the uh, the defensive lineman. And that's why people are as high on him as they are. And I can see that. I see where people are coming from with that, because as a player who, who sits in the B gap and and does the, the penetrating defensive tackle thing, he's doing it from a larger frame and he's doing it from a very athletic standpoint in comparison to some of the other guys we're talking about today. So that's really where all of that's coming from. I get where why you're lower on him. It's the same reason why I might be lower on some other guys we've talked about, uh, but I'm not, and we're going to see what happens.
1: All right, Dan, I'm ready for another one of those things that makes everybody's eyes bulge a little <laughs> bit. So here it is, Carl Brooks. He's probably going to go in the fifth yeah. round, man. It's silly. But it is silly. It, he's like six four three hundred 300 pounds or something like that. I've seen mm-hmm. him at two, anywhere from 280 to 300. But Which seems right
0: for guys of that size.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess I just envision him be, being in the D-line. We'll see because he, he played some time as edge rusher too, but at least he took a fair amount of snaps as a D-line. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing with Carl Brooks. He's got 20 sacks in the past two years. How many D-linemen? I get it. He took some snaps at edge rusher so that – You know, that changes the game a little bit. But D-lineman size, do that. And we talked about Mm -hmm. Jonah Tavai with his 69 hurries. Well, Carl Brooks tied that in 2022 with 69. He also tied the four batted passes. I mean, being 6'4 helps you.
0: Mm I mean,
1: actually kind of impressive. I think Jonah Tavai had four. um, At six foot, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You get it. Like, he's just... I think he's a really good player. Now, sure. he's a Bowling Green Falcon, so the competition he's playing against isn't all there. But I guess I just felt like people were being silly, saying he should, he's should. he got a fifth-round grade. So I just decided I wanted to be silly and put him as my fourth <laughs> D-lineman. Sure, Counteract i at that. Right. I've got him at seven, but I
0: still think he's well more than a fifth round talent. But again, this is one of those things that after a combine, he could show up uh sorry, he doesn't even have the combine, but when he does his pro day, people are gonna uh, see him and be like, Hey, this this is somebody we've been we haven't been paying enough attention to.
1: Next I mean, up. he's nowhere near a first round pick, he's nowhere near a second round pick. I would I would take him in the third and happily take him in the fourth. Right, and he might but, not even right. go to the so, fifth, we'll see. Yeah, you know, I don't think he, I don't think he will by the time, you know, the, Once the, everybody the draft actually, actually in, yeah. rolls around. Uh-huh, uh, that's definitely. just me. But all right, so the third and final guy that we're going to talk about that is an edge rusher guy that we just envision playing more of a D line role in the NFL because he, again, he's around the two hundred ninety pound range. Mm-hmm. This, this is he's six four two ninety. Pretty much, just that's where we're at when we're talking about right. these guys. This is this is hmm and I don't know how to say his last name. Tupolev <laughs> Tu. Sure, nailed it. Give myself an A plus on that. Love it. Uh, no, Tuli. You know he took some snaps in, as an edge rusher as well, but thirteen sacks from him. Thirteen sacks with six QB hits and thirty seven hurries. I don't know mm-hmm. what exactly that adds up to, but probably like fifty six with a couple batted passes. <laughs> he's just a really good player, but he he's the one of the guys where I watch him on tape and. I start to get a little excited. I mean, he does seem to rely on that bull rush. He's mm-hmm. got a couple moves here and there, but I just wanted to you know, end with that bull rush. That's part of the reason why I see him as a D lineman rather than an edge rusher. Sure. I don't see a lot of the edge rusher moves. I don't know how that's going to translate to the NFL, but at the end of the day, this is a player I really like, and he might be one of my my favorite guys that ultimately go on day two. Mm-hmm. Um, last guy that I have to speak to today is, Complete opposite of what I was just talking about. I don't even want to get into any of his stats or anything, even his size. He's a little undersized, but he's the most exciting guy to watch from the D line group. Kalijah Cansey just gets me all fired up. I can't even sit in my chair. I'm jumping up and I'm, I get the excitement from watching Kalijah Cansey that most people get, like when they're watching, like like a Lamar Jackson or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. The, the, this guy, his, he's so quick in his spins and his swim moves and that little hand punch that he does. Mm-hmm. He's got a whole toolbox full of tools, which I guess you need at his size because he's, again, he's only like a six foot or two. Right. A little undersized. Six foot, maybe like 280, 285. I, I personally, I mean, I have a second round grade on him, but he's going to go in the first round and it's not a bad pick. Right. It's not – I wouldn't be mad – I would not be mad if Detroit took him at 18. All I got to say is I don't want to cover too much on him. Anybody who's listening to this, just go to YouTube, Google Kalijah Cancy highlights, and just watch like a three or four minutes of him, and you will be excited.
0: Well, and anyone who's drafting ahead of Detroit, don't watch any of that type. Yes. If you're just in the top 17, it. don't watch it. Right. Just now, with
1: that you. being said, uh, a guy that I'll just say that I, I'm starting to come back around on. He was a guy that I was super high on. And then I went to my low of lows with him and then I came back and I'm like, Yeah, he's good. He's just not as good as everybody thinks he is. Mm-hmm. And I'm starting to come around. I'm a big fan of him again. He is the number one D lineman. Uh Jalen Carter, get it, Dan. All
0: right. Jalen Carter. Hey, the first off in fact, anytime a D lineman's wearing the number eighty eight, you know they're being a bit bold, right? And so he's Hey, a guy, Alan Page. Right, exactly. But there's not many of them. Uh, and he's he's a guy who has been hyped beyond belief. So don't need to go into too much detail on him, but he's Got a ninety-two this year from Pro Football Focus. He had, uh, you know, three sacks. Had four sacks the year before. But what it is, it's is just—it's how he looks when he's out there. It's how he changes the tilts the field, if you will. It's almost like it tilts in. He's only three hundred pounds. So he's not even as much of a giant as Ika and some of the other guys we've talked about, but it's just what he does in those trainer pounds. He picks guys up off the ground, picks up a quarterback and just drags him around like he's a, he's a doll. I mean, this which dude he is,
1: might get some flags for yeah, in the right, NFL, but admittedly. I like it.
0: Yeah, you got to be a little more careful at that level with some of that stuff because they, you know, quarterbacks are porcelain up there. But uh, but that's the thing. It's like he's going to test incredibly well at the combine. He's just he's doing everything you expect out of an interior D lineman, and he's doing it at a very high level. And he's only going to be 22 in the season starts because he's a true junior that jumped because he knows he's going to be you know, one of the first five picks in the draft, depending on how the board shakes out with quarterbacks and stuff. So Jalen Carter, go watch some tape. I don't mind if you watch him because he's not probably falling to Detroit anyways.
1: Correct. All right, let's shift it over to my favorite position. And for the sake of not making people listen to an hour and a half long podcast, I'm sad. I'm gonna we, we should probably go through these ones a little quicker.
0: We left them for the end for a reason. All right, linebackers.
1: Uh, yeah, because you wanted to make me sad. Exactly. Go all ahead. right, I'm gonna start at number twelve. Number twelve is all me. All right. And here's the thing. This is a quick take. I really like this guy. I don't know how he's gonna work out in the NFL. Ooh. Carlton Marshall, mm-hmm. five foot nine, two hundred ten pound linebacker. That doesn't make sense. Sounds like a running back. But here's what I'll say about Carlton Marshall. Four straight years of basically averaging 125 tackles. And he's had six interceptions in those four years too. Mm-hmm. Like absolute stat sheet stuffer. That's sure. hard to say. I had to slow down. I had to pause and like say it in my head before I said it out loud because I knew mm-hmm. I would have messed it up. But just, dude, but five nine two ten. Right. I don't know. This is just going to be a fun guy to see what happens at the Combine. Maybe he ends up just being like your special teams warrior. Maybe right. he comes in and shocks everybody. I mean, if I remember correctly, like Sam Mills was only like 5'9", mm-hmm. and had a heck of a career out, and I think he weighed a lot more than 210. Right. We'll see. Yeah. Uh But, man, I, just a really, He's a really big one. fan of him. Yeah. Right. So, number 11 on my list against my guy, uh, Drake Thomas. All right. North Carolina State, six foot, two hundred and thirty-eight, two hundred and forty pound range. About a line. Uh, Drake Thomas. Yeah. Drake Thomas, two straight years of averaging a hundred tackles. He's 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 a junior in this year. He's coming out. Now I think mm-hmm. he's actually probably a redshirt junior because I think he had that extra COVID year or whatever, but right. you get it. Uh but he's a linebacker who's getting a hundred tackles a season. He's also had three picks in those two years. He's also basically averaging six to seven sacks in those two years through tackles mm-hmm. for a loss. I mean, he's in the teens, like <laughs> like 19 tackles for a loss or whatever this past year. Drake Thomas is a stat sheet stuffer as well. I mean, he he's playing really, really good. But, you know, we'll see. He's a guy that I seem to be a little higher on than the rest of the nation. PFF, they give him an 80 for the past couple of years in a row, like I said. His, he's got sure. two years of solid tape. And, and He, uh, he, could, he, he could be a guy that – I feel like he's going to be one of those guys that just gets the game and understands the game of football, mm-hmm. and you get him on a whiteboard or something, and you get him in the rooms meeting the coaches, and he might be a guy that sneaks up on our on – our, well, may, maybe on our list. We'll see. But I think the right. rest of the nation might catch on to him, move him up a little bit. But all right, the next two are on you. Uh, we're going to start with one of your guys that was one of my teams. We had a bit of a rivalry on the same team with linebackers, if you will, but get into some <laughs> bumper pool.
0: And honestly, you know what? Here's the thing about Bumper Pool. His name is amazing. And you start with that. And that's the thing, It's like when you when you have players that just seem like they're going to be fun guys to, to watch, I'm already I'm in. You know, that, it doesn't take a lot to get me intrigued by somebody. And so when you have a name like Bumper Pool, I'm gonna be paying attention. And I'm gonna be honest with you, he's not as good as Drew Sanders, but he's also still pretty darn good. Now he's a little bit older, he's 23 right now, but he's 6'2, 232. And in the years that he's been at Arkansas, he's had a lot of production. I mean, and he is, uh, you know, a weak side linebacker. So he's definitely a guy who's going to be dropping back more into coverage, stuff like that. Uh, But he still had, you know, 15 hurries this year. He had 56 tackles this year after 91 last year. And so he's shown that he can get out there and produce at a solid level. He had a little bit of a drop off this year. Uh, He was a little more of a box linebacker this year. And that's part of the reason why he wasn't, uh, wasn't bouncing around quite as much out there. Uh, but again, overall, just a guy who competes and he's, he's an eye test guy for me. If someone was like, okay, he gets it. He figures it out. No, he's, he's 23. So he'd better figure it out by now. He's been a four year, uh, more or less starter at Arkansas. And, uh, he's been getting better pretty much every year. He had a little bit of a dip with the coverage grade this year, but everything else has been solid for him. So at six two two thirty two, a later round linebacker, you're going to be all right with bumper pool. Plus you're going to sell a bunch of jerseys. It's
1: an awesome name. Number nine on my list. It's another guy you got to talk about. One of the guys I covered over the season too, but DeMarvin Overshawn, Texas Longhorns. And
0: this is a guy that I think personally you have him where you have him because of, you know when you look at him and you say, okay, this dude looks like a linebacker. He's 6'4", 224, which means he's got a little space to put on his frame. His numbers uh, were atrocious last year. I'm going to be honest with you. He was like a 44 from Pro Football Focus last year, but rebounded this year with a 71, had 23 overall pressures that he put out there, but 67 tackles. So uh, as an inside linebacker, you, maybe you want to see some more tackles potentially, but uh, but again, guy who will get in the box, he will get down there, and he can physically match up with running backs out of the backfield, with a lot of tight ends out of the backfield too. Uh, and so that's that's one of the reasons why I think people are really intrigued by him is because he has that ability mm-hmm. to match up. It's not going to be can you hope to get a hand out there? He's going to be running, you know, stride for stride with some of the some of the the players that uh, they look for linebackers to be able to cover right
1: now. All right, number eight on my list. of uh, this, I'm just going to call it out right now. This is going to be an unfair take on my behalf, okay? <laughs> I'm going to be disrespectful in a way because Deion Henley is a player that I like quite a bit, and I talked about him quite a bit as I covered the Washington State Cougars. Right. All right. I mean, he played solid. I mean, he, he's averaging 100 tackles the past few years got five picks in the past or two years the past two years he had average 100 tackles he's had five picks in the past two years Mm -hmm. didn't have as many sacks or tackles or loss as some of the other guys that we talked about uh today especially like a a drake thomas if you will but here's the thing man like i saw that when i looked at pff he suddenly become their number one linebacker he can absolutely he's gonna be a very good linebacker he's 6'1 220 but this is a guy who's in his sixth year partially because he started at Nevada went to Washington State also played wide receiver went to DB became a linebacker he's all <laughs> over the place right i mean he's only been playing linebacker for 3 years and one year was a shortened year in 2020 mm-hmm. so he doesn't have a lot of tape at linebacker and he's a sixth year player he play he's very good he's worth being drafted but i just i don't understand how you could have him be linebacker no. 1 Not i don't see that at all no, and
0: it, it is weird sometimes. The teams just get in their heads certain things. I think sometimes guys forget that the players aren't the age you think they are. And so this is a dude who's been around for a minute. So yeah, that's definitely a question mark. Who's up next?
1: Uh, you got a three-player run. Uh, Better warm, warm up. Warm up here. Uh, and you got uh, some players I like quite a bit. Uh, one of my sneaky picks here. Get with the Green Wave, Dorian Williams.
0: Dorian number
1: seven. Williams is an absolute
0: man. Six two two thirty. And he's a younger guy. He's only uh, 21 right now. He's going to be 22 when the season starts. But 849 snaps this year, dude. This man has been a a three-year starter for Tulane. Had an 83 this year. 87 was coverage grade. Had uh, six sacks. Had 22 total pressures. 97 tackles. This is a middle linebacker. This is a guy who's Mm -hmm. about the size you want for a middle linebacker. He played his entire season pretty much in the box. Still got uh, a couple of picks. Broke up a few passes. Didn't really give up any big. He gave one, I think, big uh, big pass of like forty yards, something like that. But this is a consistently solid player. That probably because he played for Tulane, even though he had a good season, not everybody's paying as much attention to. And because he he doesn't stand out. He's not six four. He's not six five. He's not five nine. He's very much exactly what you expect out of a linebacker. And I think that might actually work against him a little bit until people get to see him at the combine or at uh, the pro
1: day. I'm a huge fan of Dorian Williams. I can't wait to see him. Number six on my list, this is another one of those things that might shock some folks, and you probably greatly disagree with it, so I'll, okay. I'll say his name, and then I'll say why I have him here. Mm-hmm. But number six, I have Trenton Simpson from Clemson.
0: Well, I got him at five, so I don't greatly Okay,
1: all right, I won't say anything then. I'll just let you go into it then if we're that close. I didn't think we'd be that close. Well, because here's what it is. A lot of people
0: have him as the top linebacker coming out, and here's the thing, Trenton Simpson is athletic he is you you watch him and you're like "Ooh, i see you know he's 6'3 230 so again right in that linebacker size but what it is 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 it doesn't translate as much as you'd think it would onto tape because you expect a guy that people talk about like that to either have a ton of sacks or a ton of tackles or some crazy coverage numbers or whatever he doesn't he's not bad but he's not amazing he's got a 73 last year.
1: everything i wanted to say exactly
0: and he's got 68 this year 16 uh, pressures this year from 31 last year, and maybe they went a little away from him, but uh, 52 tackles, 51 tackles. Here's what it was. He had a pretty solid year last year, and anytime somebody has a solid year, because he had seven sacks last year, they're thinking, okay, this dude's going to make the leap. He's going to be this amazing player as in after one more year, and he just had the same year. So again, not bad, but not the number one uh, linebacker off the board. He's just he's a solid player that people are going to be happy with. That's going to get over drafted, and so as long as he doesn't crumble under the weight of expectation, he'll be all right. But yeah, he's he's great, but he's not amazing. Is
1: what it is. I agree, one hundred percent. Number five on my list. Another guy that's almost a similar take. He just had a season that was absolutely stellar that I can't seem to get out of my mind. But still, because of how bad last year, number five, Noah Sewell, Oregon Ducks. Get it.
0: Yeah, we did a little flip-flop here. I didn't want you to have to talk about him because of how emotional you get. Here's the thing about Sewell. He is 6'2", as well as some of the other guys we talked about, but he's listed at 253. So he's a thicker young man, and he's a younger guy. He's only not even quite 21 yet. And so that's one of the areas where you can sit back and say, okay, well, maybe, maybe it's okay that he didn't have as good of a year because he can grow into that whatever but but again he had he's he's been consistent 3 straight years 70 71 71 so at a 71 that's not really a great number from pro football focus you watch his tape and you see flashes you see moments where he makes the right read moments where he he explodes with some athleticism and then especially this year he went from 72 tackles this year to 40 this year and part of it was cuz he didn't play as many snaps he played he played like 250 fewer snaps so some of that is you're not going to have as much production, which is one of the reasons why his pro football focus number is probably similar to what it was before. Uh, he did have a pick just like he did last year, but uh, it just overall felt like he wasn't. It felt like he wasn't trying as hard this year, and maybe that's because he didn't want to get hurt. Maybe it's because he thought things were going to come easy to him. But just overall, it felt like he didn't try as hard as he could have, and that's always something that concerns me.
1: Yeah, and just one thing I want to know about that 21 tape though. I know PFF's got their own weird way of. Crediting tackles and this and that, right. but if you go almost anywhere else, the 2021 tape, Sewell was credited with 114 tackles in well, the 12 for Oregon. So, yeah, just the 2021 20, tape's really good. But we're done with him. You can take a break now, Dan, until you maybe Whew. get to your honorable mention. You want to okay. get? You want to get in? Because I got four straight players here. Number four, uh, my these are this is my list, and Dan just kind of chimes right. in and says what his rankings are as go a bill, But hey. Number four, Owen Papo. This is the linebacker version of Brian Brzee, okay? Sure. Well I say that's highest ceiling imaginable, highest risk imaginable. <laughs> um, I already talked about how I think Owen Papo could end up even running in, in the 4-3 range, man. And he's six one, two twenty six. 226. This, like mm-hmm. I said, he's the five-star guy. He's like the number one player coming out of Alabama. Mm-hmm. But, but here's the thing. As a sophomore, Papo had like nearly 100 tackles, and, you know, had tackles for loss, four sacks, got an interception, yada, yada, yada. Killed it as a sophomore. Right. Just absolutely on fire. Then in 2021, an ankle injury absolutely derailed that junior season. Mm-hmm. He only got in there for five games, not a lot of production at all. So mm-hmm. that he had the ankle injury, derailed it. So he comes back, and I don't even think that ankle was fully healed for the 2022 season, right? Because he he looked extremely explosive and fast still but he didn't look like him what he's capable of but still got in there for nearly a hundred tackles it was almost a replica of his sophomore season you know a, a couple mm-hmm. sacks got in there for a pick just gets involved in all three levels of the defense really good linebacker really good size athleticisms off the charts okay but again, Now he's already, I believe he's already dealing with a shoulder injury that kept him out of the senior bowl. He's got Mm -hmm. like a partially torn labrum or whatever. So, injuries are definitely a concern with this guy, but I still got to put him at four because I've seen him do it on the field and his (laughs) athleticism is just, you know, he's the one who is that spike on your little map. He's the outlier, (laughs) right? It doesn't make sense. He does not make sense. Something about Tigers and not making sense this year. I don't know. I guess. And then number three on my list, one of my absolute favorite players, when you're talking about the eye test, man, this guy's getting it done. I, I loved the bowl game tape that I watched from this year, <laughs> and I think you caught some of it. I think I called mm-hmm. you. Dan. you got to turn it on. You got to look at my guy here. But Ivan Pace Jr., a mm-hmm. guy who transferred from Miami of Ohio to Cincinnati, six foot 239, solid size for a linebacker. But the two-year production from this guy – 2021, 125 tackles, 13 for a loss, 4 sacks, pick. 2022, 136 tackles, 20.5 for a loss, Mm -hmm. 9 sacks. 9 sacks, what? Mm -hmm. With 136 tackles and 9 sacks and and 20.5 for a loss? Like, Hey, I'm going to try to pull this up because I didn't put this on my notes. I'm going to try to see... (laughs) live real quick i'm gonna waste some time i want to see what pff gave this guy they gave him well, a 93.2 you're getting grade faster for PFF. 2022 Proud of you, bud because <laughs> i you know what i can't use the pff like website that you use i have to use the mock draft simulator right no, gotcha. show more button there you go it's easier <laughs> sure not using the other stuff their site's trash dude i got Sorry, him at number PFF. two man i can't use it I got him, oh, good. got him one ahead and That makes me.
0: and here's why. Like I wasn't sure where to put him when I when I when I was first rating linebackers, and then I watched his tape. He just pops. Crazy. I mean it's he's not, so
1: good. He he looks good. He's got the eye right. test.
0: If he was six three and two thirty five, oh, he'd be the first linebacker off the board. No offense to you, Sanders. But he's just so good. He's so good. And he gets into p- position. He reads things so well. And that's exactly what you need to admit a middle linebacker. So someone's gonna be very happy about grabbing him. Probably and I'm going to guess, the second or third round.
1: He's got to be a day two pick or somebody's not doing their job. <laughs> Just going to say that. But number two, this might surprise a lot of people if they've listened to this show, but number two for me, I got my guy Drew Sanders. Oh. Okay. Yeah, well, he's got the killer size, 6'5", 230. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is a former five-star guy that went to Alabama and eventually transferred to Arkansas. Alabama... I don't know. He wasn't getting on the uh, on, on the field he's there. More they playing much as a guy. freshman. Yeah, he's more a rock guy. But again, like this is a guy who hundred basically. You know, he's got Ivan Pace like numbers. Only mm-hmm. he did it in the SEC. Little less tackles, six, over. <laughs> and, yep, hundred and three tackles, like fourteen for a loss, nine and a half sacks. Got in there for a pick again. Five pass deflections. The guy gets involved in every level of the defense. He's got absolutely incredible. Size, mm-hmm. a lot of the Leighton Vanderash type style. You know, it's a lazy comp just because you're looking for the super tall linebacker. But admittedly, right. they all look the same because Leighton Vander they don't all look the same. I guess you got a six five linebacker. They kind of look the same, but right. what I'm getting at is like their play style looked the same because Leighton Vander was got a lot of sacks and was kind of wondered if he's going to be. An edge rushing type guy because of the size he has or not, but mm-hmm. he's a Mike linebacker and he's going to be very good. And he he probably should go maybe on day one. It's gonna be close. But if he's there on day two, I'd be ecstatic about that. But all right, all right let's get the let's the hype. Jack Campbell, my number <laughs> one linebacker. This guy has got the when you watch him on tape, and this is a former like tight end type guy. He was a linebacker, then went to tight end, then went back to linebacker. But I'm not kidding you. And, again, like I said, he's he's 6'5", 243 as well. So he's Mm -hmm. the same height as Sanders. Got a little more weight than Sanders. Moves probably just as good, maybe if not better, than Sanders. If you're talking about a guy who's just got the instincts, I don't know. This guy understands football. (laughs) He's going to be a guy who just wows everybody. I would take him the first. He'd be my number one linebacker. He's got 140 tackles in 2021. Does everything that we talked about: six pass deflections, couple picks, got a sack, some tackles for a loss, mm-hmm. all three levels with him too. Hundred twenty-five in twenty twenty-two. Again, couple picks. So he's just—he's a two-pick guy. Every like—he's got more interceptions than a lot of the DBs that we're going to cover, Dan. <laughs> yeah. And pass deflections—he's mm-hmm. got ten pass deflections and five picks in the past three years, and one of those years was a shortened year. We only played five games, Dan. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's a 1-1-A it's one and one a for me between Sanders and Campbell because they're both just great. Now, I understand why you lean Campbell because you got to think for Iowa linebackers, but he is. He's Iowa just, players don't bust. No, they don't generally bust. And again, it's because, you know, look, Kirk Ferentz, he, he may not be able to get a good offense out there at times, but the boy knows how to scout people, and Jack Campbell is the next in a long line of exactly what you expect and i loved hearing gus johnson go captain jack every time the guy made a play it's awesome and uh, he is going to be a captain at the next level maybe not as a rookie but he will be within a couple seasons whoever drafts him he will be a leader in that locker room and again at the size that he's got he matches up with anybody he's going to find on the field
1: which is awesome especially in the tight end world all right to end this show what do you got for your honorary mention the guy we disrespected you in your disrespected mind? you disrespected I said in your
0: mind Henry two o two o. Now again, I'm not gonna say that he's as I I got him at four right now. I realize that's probably a little bit high. Maybe I was just a, a little bit enamored with the tape that I saw, but I'll, and it might also be because I wasn't blown away with some of the other linebackers. This is a guy who played at Tennessee. He played at Alabama, and both places he went to, he put up you know some pretty solid numbers. And uh, he had 94 tackles this year. He had 111 last year. And uh, at 6'2", 228 is exactly the kind of guy you want to see and there's something about just the way that he plays the game that's scrappy and that i like so we'll see how he you know, pans out when it comes to the testing and i everything. don't see it you don't just see don't it. see you it you don't, don't want to see it he's an alabama guy you expect him to not do well if he was tennessee the whole brian, time like
1: brian branch is my
0: guy he is your guy we haven't gotten to that yet though we'll talk about him next time
1: will anderson is another guy of mine yeah
0: well you would like will anderson no matter who he played for so
1: Correct. That's all right.
0: That's all I got today, Dan. And that got us through three different position groups. So thanks for hanging around Oof. a little extra with us. Uh, we got the last two to do O-line and safeties. And again, now, those two might not make sense, but hey, we want to make sure we got everything in before they tested at the combine. So that'll do us for today. We'll come back with one more episode this week. Again, three this week, because we got to get through everything before these guys start running around in shorts down there in Indianapolis with DraftCraft.